That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. The season is over. Manchester City have won a treble. We're ready to put a nice little bow on this season that was the 2018-2019 season. Welcome back to the Ghost Bowl Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro. We've got the full squad back again. Alex Moss is in the house. Yeah. Javier Revlo is in the house. Uh, boys, it's good to be back. I did not watch the FA Cup Final. We're not here to talk about the FA Cup Final, but congrats to Manchester I don't think any of us did. Congrats to Manchester City for, for, for winning a treble. I may good, have. Good for you. I, ha- I may have stopped watching it 4-0. Because <laughs> at that point, it was pretty pointless. But, you know, we got yeah. plenty of... Good meme content. Vincent Company doing the yeesh look to uh, Troy Deeney. Pep Guardiola burying his hands in his face when they scored the sixth goal. Hey, Troy, who has cojones now, Troy? Great performance in your final. Yeah, don't don't come with that shit at Arsenal again, you loser. We've beaten you. We've beaten you twice now. You got spanked in the final. It's time for you to go home. And cry to your kid like you like you always talk about in the media. I do want to just say a quick shout out. We talked about it on I think the last pod we talked about, it, but uh, congrats on a great tenure at, at Manchester City for Vincent Company, who is uh, yeah. has left Manchester City to to go on to become a player manager at Anderlecht. So uh, look for every young talented Manchester City player to somehow end up on loan at Anderlecht in the next couple of seasons. Um, I don't really feel like sitting here and talking about Manchester City too much, but uh, let's look at our preseason picks. Uh, I had Liverpool, Manchester City, Tottenham, and Chelsea, so I had no team in the correct place, but I was the only... In the top four, you mean? Right, right. I was the only one to have all four teams in the top four, had all four of them in the wrong place. Alex had Manchester City winning the league, which was correct. Liverpool coming in second, which was also correct. Manchester United finishing in third, which was definitely not correct. And Chelsea... (laughs) Chelsea getting fourth, but United getting third. I feel like that's... Yeah. Wait till we get to the uh, player of the year picks because that probably goes hand into the, another significant slip up on my, on my part uh, later on in the list. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Javier had Manchester City and Liverpool correct. Manchester United and Arsenal, not so much. In the bottom three, we all had Cardiff finishing in 20th place, which was wrong. I had Southampton in 19th and Watford in 18th. was not so great. Alex had Huddersfield in 19th and Southampton in 18th. And Javier had Huddersfield and Bournemouth, uh, another team that was pretty safe. So not so great from that. Uh, we turn over to the Golden Boot, which was split by three players, Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, and Pierre Mkabamiang, which... Both Alex and Javier got correct, and I picked Harry Kane, so... Can I just put it uh, out there? That one wasn't... I mean, I guess people who remember this season better will say that it was shared between the three of them, but I feel like we can just as honestly say, like, like, when you bring up any of those three players, like, oh yeah, they won the Golden Boot. They won the Golden like Boot that season. Mane deserves it. He should have gotten Golden no, Boot. No, but, I mean, you guys, like, have this whole thing about penalties that you're really anal about, but... Well, that's... 
that's a thing. Like that was a thing in a previous Golden Boot conver- like conversation. Yeah, they must have gotten that, like, rid of it. goes for good reason. Yeah, because but... if you're a good player, you take your team's penalties. So, yeah. Well, James Miller is a very good player. Thank uh, you very much, the, Alex. The goal scorer, you take your team's penalties. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I was so trying to make so I was trying to make the point scorer, that like Manchester people United. won't look back at this Golden Boot and think like, okay, maybe it was low, like uh, in terms of goals scored, total numbers for the winners, but. No one's going to be like, oh, they shared the title of the Golden Boot race that year. Everyone's just going to say, oh, yeah, Aubameyang won the Golden Boot or Salah or Mane. Oh, yeah, they won the Golden Boot that year. And they'll say Salah won two Golden Boots in a row. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty good goal scoring season, like we said in the previous pods for Africa specifically. Uh, so none of us had player of the year, correct? Uh, a little disappointed in myself for not throwing Virgil van Dijk out there. That's a bad choice out of me. I had Kevin De Bruyne to be fair, or Salah if Liverpool won the to table. To be fair, it hadn't been a league. defender since John Terry back in like 2005. It's been a while. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Javier also had... I should have known that De Bruyne was going to be like injured this year too. I think that was like... Yeah, Sterling probably Sterling. would have been a better That pick. would have been a better, a better pick. Uh, but also a better pick than Alexis Sanchez. Hey, um... He was kind of my dark horse, I will say. The Eden Hazard one is was very obvious and honestly felt pretty good about that for half the season before our basically yeah, basically I- our like quote unquote title chances just fell off a cliff in December. Um <laughs> Alexis Sanchez, there's there's no excuse for that. I, I thought Jose Mourinho, uh, evidently I thought he would have them at least still in the top four this season. And if not building off of last season, then at least sort of like treading water, but that didn't happen. And Alexis Sanchez got injured, fell flat in his face many times, uh, got not many chances under Solskjaer when he came in and then got that injury that kept him out for basically the rest of the season. And the season was over by what, like February. So yeah, I mean, I feel bad about it, but the guy's also just gotten paid and now he's just trying to like play out this contract and just keep getting paid. So my bad. <laughs> is he going to end up in China? Is he going to end up in China? I, who knows where he's going to end up? I'm glad I don't have the uh, – I used to love him and he left us for money. Remember when you thought he was better than now. Eden Hazard? <laughs> hey, remember when you plicked him to win Yeah, players? we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, um, you know. I, there that takes us over to Young Player of the Year where I had Trent Alexander-Arnold, which I, I feel uh, like – I still feel a little slighted by this. Raheem Sterling has been a young player of the year candidate for like six years now. Hey, that like, means that Trent's got really... at least like three or four years left in him to win it. He can get it one of these years. I'm sure Trent will win it. Yeah. That's fair. Alex said Leroy Sané, who did not get a lot of time at Man. I feel like didn't get a lot of time at Manchester City this year. And is, there's a Yota was close. No, he wasn't. I want to say no, he wasn't. He ended up Sané was definitely better than no, Yota this season. Sané didn't play as much as you. Yeah, yeah, he was. No, he was like ten assists in the league. He scored the that. winning goal in the most important game of the season. The only time that Liverpool lost this year, it was definitely had a better season than Yota. Yes, Jota had a good GS season, but not. Yeah, not Jota that. didn't play half the season. It took him a little while to get up to he the didn't league. Play half the season. Uh, yeah, get up to the to stuff. Um, but Leroy Sané, a lot of links about him potentially leaving Manchester City for Bayern Munich in search of potential playing time. So keep a lookout on that one. Uh, sleeper, I had a really good one. I had Wolves finishing in seventh place at the beginning of the season. Told no, we y'all. said on that. Pre- um, we said nice. on that preview that pod though. Call. I don't know how much of a sleeper this is. Because, like, it's not like I'd Wolves spare. were, like, yeah, an actual, yeah, like, promoted team with right. championship-level players. They spent $100 right, million like, that summer. Sorry. I just, like, I want to shoot that – bring that so, down up. Fulham spent a lot of money. 
Fulham spent a ton of money this offseason, and they got relegated. So spending money doesn't always bring you wow, success, great guys. great segue if to we- Javier's pick, Andrew. Because uh, if I recall on our podcast, you had uh, Javier, you uh, were saying something along the lines of Fulham could push for like a top half finish with these players. And instead, it completely backfired on them. They brought in too many new players and it didn't gel fast enough and they fell apart. They also didn't bring in high quality defenders for the Premier League, which is uh, uh, newsflash. You need that. Yeah, I just didn't think they would have like Cyrus Christie. And, the virus. Like, you know. Just trash like that playing at the back. Yeah, what happened to Alfie Mawson? It's like everyone was like, he was good for Swansea and he he was injured all all year. That's why I thought, that's why I thought they'd be decent because I thought Mawson would be like, you know, a monster for them. But yeah, their signings didn't work out. They had, their 3-4-3 didn't work out. Their what? Their, their, their 3-4-3 formation didn't work out. They scored a lot of goals. They they were always scoring goals at home, and it seemed like at the end of the season they were able to put like a run together when it didn't matter. But it was just a little bit all too late for them, you know. Alex, you could see that there was there was potential there. They just had to sort out the problems at the back, like Andrew said first. If they had just actually gone and spent money there, they would have done well in the league. They had full of goals. They didn't need Andre Schuller and you know some of these other players that they spent big money on. They they could have just tried to try to reinforce it at the back and it's going to be a lesson for other teams coming up now for Norwich you know I think for Sheffield they're going to have to reinforce I don't know if Sheffield will actually spend up. but they have a group of basically all championship level players and you'd think the idea there would be get rid of as many of them as possible and bring in players of better quality but Fulham's a prime example of you have to keep some sort of like semblance of a team together from previous seasons otherwise you know you're working from ground zero when every every other team is starting uh, way ahead of you in terms of like chemistry. Alex, you had Leicester finishing with a top six challenge, which I feel was a year premature. Well, let's see. I, I, I will. Let's I, see what happens go this year. Let, and let me next stand year. by some of that. Even before Brendan Rodgers came in, they did beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, the only team to do that uh, in the Premier League this year. Uh, they did beat Manchester City at home and almost pushed them to drop points later in the season. Uh, away they weren't ever like seriously challenging for top six because they did have some inconsistencies but you know they 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 showed i think an improvement this season that like yeah like you said people will probably pick them along with wolves and be like debating between those two teams over like which one could actually knock out united or chelsea or or arsenal from top six next season and that is funny because on the other side of that, uh, in our our teams that we thought would struggle, Javier had Leicester as a team to struggle, and they definitely did not struggle. Uh, Alex, you had West Ham with a start with a uh, to start slow and improve over time, um, which I kind of felt like that, that happened. Have, didn't they get off? To that a, happened. They lost yeah, like four nil to Liverpool in the first game. So so yeah. So you criticized my struggle pick, and you just said that his pick happened, but they both finished with the exact same amount of points. But it's all—it's all about context. Let's it's all about how they progress over the season. So, like, I don't—I I mean, mean uh, like West Ham have had good results too. Like that, like at, they've beaten Chelsea, they've beaten Arsenal, they got a draw with—they didn't, they they didn't beat Chelsea, uh, United. They haven't beaten us this season. We drew them. Oh, no, they tied you guys. It was like one yeah, of their first positive results. That was like one of the um, first times they started but, to look okay. But, I mean, they, they, West Ham had some big results too. And, 
I think they could be like a decent pick next year for 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 outside chance. Yeah, I don't know who they're going to sign, right? But they've they've got a bunch of old players in the squad that they need to move on, right? So if they can move on the Mark Nobles, they're not the, moving on the, from Mark Noble. Mark Noble is going to die before he. They might dies. phase him out a bit. He is like, like thirty three. Like he's Mark Noble. Mark Noble's getting buried at the London Stadium. Like that guy. That guy is wearing West Ham colors until he gets put in the ground. <laughs> Good for the rest of the league. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> they need to sign defenders personally. Yes. Uh, now, Andrew, I want to say you did get the, your struggler right, though, because Burnley definitely struggled this year. Yeah, they year, did. So. They did. I, I, I'm always going to pick Burnley to struggle, but then do well against top six teams. Like, that's just a lock. They're going to stay in the Premier League. They're going to make it tough for, for teams in in the in the top Stoke six. Stoke did that for a while, but then they eventually went down doing that. So. Yeah. I don't think that works forever. That, that that defensive style that teams try and play in the Premier League, it only works so long before they pick off one or two of your best defenders, and then you you you're in big trouble. So if they ever take Tarkowski, me yeah, the clubs the clubs Tarkowski are lining up me for those end up on, on other other clubs. I can't think of no, I can't think of yeah. the last time a hey. Burnley player went for like maybe like Michael Keane, and they survived that. So Michael Keane, you know, it's been two years since he left. Sean, but they struggled Sean losing. Sean Dyche so. knows how to, to to develop a proper English center back, and by proper English center back, I mean a guy who just hoofs the ball out of the box and ha- has a good head on his shoulders. Um, before we go to team this seasons, I I we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I figure we should address this on this pod because it's our most recent pod. Um, there's a little bit of turmoil surrounding Chelsea. No, we're not doing this right now this. because. Alex, a we'll scale of it, one to ten, we'll how? We'll do it on like Alex, the Europa League scale, preview because that's seriously part of that conversation. Answer, is the, is the third, thirty second answer. Scale of one to ten, how confident are you? Ten being the most confident, one being the least confident. Maurizio Sarri at Chelsea next season. Like a six, seven. Listen, this is Chelsea. Okay. This right. is a regular like week for us when there's not like a game right around the corner. If there's any more than like three days between games. You're getting like three to four major headlines because we're Chelsea. We're a breeding ground for that. That's just what we do. If like any of the fans freaking out at any of the news, just need to calm down because this has literally been the last 15 years of fandom, like 30 or 40 years of fandom of Chelsea. People were talking about this kind of stuff back in the 70s with players. My dad's just like, yeah, it's Chelsea. This just, just what happens. We we feed the we leak make leaks to the media, and people act like the club's going to burn to the ground the next day. It's fine. Right, that's all I wanted. I didn't. I didn't want to do a deep dive. I just. I just figured if we didn't do it, it would be a bad job out of us not addressing it, seeing it was the first pod in a while. So that's. I just wanted to cross it off the checklist. Let's move on to team of the season. Let's start with goalkeeper. We've got. Uh, let's see. Well, we've explain got five the new format because normally that, when we do these. Okay. So, yes. Well, actually, I'm going to let you explain the new format because you can't. Okay. Up I mean, so these, which so, I like so normally so, when we do our mid-season teams of the year, we do each of us come up with a team of the season where uh, you can do three players from one team uh, at most, just to add a little bit of variety to it. But um, I figured just to change it up a little bit because I feel like we might <laughs> it might just be a little stale, it might just be a repeat of our of our mid-season teams if the three of us bring in uh, all of our own picks instead. I figured it'd be good to just sort of like go position by position, vote. Uh, if we feel like one player from uh, one position deserves to be somewhere else to get into the team, we can all come to that conclusion. And I have a feeling with one or two of these players that, that might happen. But yeah, let's get started. 
All right, we'll start with goalkeeper. We've got five goalies on the nomination list. Uh, I'm going to go from bottom to top. We're going to go with Keppa from Chelsea, 14 clean sheets, which was third in the season, 82 saves in the season, which was 14th. Hugo Lloris from Tottenham, 12 clean sheets, which was fifth, 101 saves, which was seventh. Lucas Fabianski from West Ham, seven clean sheets, which was ninth, 148 saves, which is the most in the Premier League. Ederson from Manchester City, who helped win them the league with 20 clean sheets, which followed second to his international teammate, Allison from Liverpool with 21 clean sheets. I'm going to give a hand up. I'm going to nominate my boy, Allison, because honestly, there were plenty of games that we won, plenty of games that we got clean sheets in, that we stole a result because of Allison. We do not finish on 97 points with Simone Mignolet between the pipes. We do not finish with 97 points with Loris Carius between the pipes. The only reason that Liverpool finished as high as they did and only lost once in the Premier League this season was because of Allison. Ederson was fantastic, and I don't want to take away from him, but I feel like you could. there were games there for City where you could have put about anybody, and they still would have gotten the result. I, you cannot say the same about Liverpool. The defensive shift happened this year mainly in part because you had an elite world-class goalie. So while I do think Allison is a better shot stopper, and I while I agree that he saved more points in that sense than Ederson... I do like Ederson more just because he does so many things in a game that you can't you don't see any other goalkeeper in the world do. And it he just kind of has a wow factor where sometimes you know he'll 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 do a dribble or he'll ping a ball like 50 he, he, he had, had two assists he had one last year, year and one this year. Which is year. insane. Yeah, or okay, one one last year and one this year, but just like the fact that he can he can find those Oh, is, you're is right. Incredible. He had one in the Champions League. He had one in the Champions skill. League to uh, Sterling. Right, Sorry, I was year. thinking only yeah. Premier League. So I, I just think that, that 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 along with, you know, he, he is a phenomenal shot stopper. I, I do agree. I think Allison's better, though. He just, he's built, but he's built to be a, you know, a, a bigger, bigger frame and, and probably just more athletic than Ederson. Who did but, you think had the better season this year? I think because Liverpool had a better defensive season. I, I I don't know. I think, I think I can be, I can be convinced that it's Allison. I, I, I like Ederson, Ederson's role in the team. And I don't agree that like, you know, they would have been, uh, you know, just totally fine without him or they would have done, you know, just as well or, or, or just, you know, again, like they're, they're back. Who's their backup? Murich or uh, Bravo got injured early on. Yeah. So they had an Academy player, Murich. And then they signed that, yeah, that uh, the American the, that, kid too. They they really needed Ederson. So right. I I it, it it just honestly it might have even just come down to that last game of the season where Ederson should have probably kept a clean sheet. And if he had, then I would say okay, he probably deserves it. But Allison got one more, and and yeah, I'll I'll give it to Allison. So I'll give it to Allison on the. Uh, I mean, I thought it was Allison for a while now. I, I, it's just more impressive to me that when a team that actually plays without the ball manages to have as good of a defensive record as uh, Liverpool did, you know, City are on the ball the entire game. And one of the reasons why uh, <laughs> I have Kepa on this list, but I would never consider voting for him is not only because he didn't have anywhere near as good of a season as these guys, but I, I think at some point, the fact that your team has like 70% of possession like on average for most of these games just means you're not going to be given as many opportunities to 
to make saves and like to be important, like the one or two saves you do make. And this is talking about Kepa and Ederson. They are very important. They seem that much more important because they've had nothing else to do the whole game. But Allison, just throughout throughout games when Liverpool were under the cosh, just like not exactly everything's going well for them. It was Van Dyke and Allison that pretty much made a twenty point difference to Liverpool this season. They're they're the main difference uh, for a full season's worth of uh, games between this season and last year. All right, so we're all going with Allison. Let's move over to right back. Uh, on the list, we've got Cesar Espilicueta from Chelsea. One goal, five assists, 105 tackles, which is third among a, a defenders. Matt Doherty from Wolves with four goals, five assists. Uh, Aaron Juan Bissaka from Crystal Palace with three assists, 129 tackles, the first among defenders. And then Trent Alexander-Arnold from Liverpool with one goal and 14 assists. I know you guys probably think I'm going to go for Trent here, and I think Trent did have a great season. But if we're talking clearly right back, like defender... I think you have to go with Juan Bissaka from Crystal Palace because there were plenty of games where Liverpool, where Trent got turned inside out. And in the biggest games, he didn't play it right back. They would play Joe Gomez there to, to give a more defensive structure. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Trent. I absolutely love Trent, and his free kick ability is insane. Get to pull up with 14 assists on the season and set the record for defenders at 20 is absurd. But I think you got to go Basaka because I think he's a better natural defender. Wow, Andrew, that was a very good take. That was actually I was gonna say the the same reason that you know he was basically uh, like dropped in the big games. A lot a lot of the big games, especially when you guys needed to defend and sit back, Trent, Trent could get exposed. So. Yeah, I think Juan Bissaka was just been—he's just been awesome this whole year, and you could see in in the big games he relished the matchups against like the best wingers in the league, and he would just go and just shut them out of games. Did it to Hazard, Sterling, you know, uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette. I mean, there were there were times where some of the best attackers in the league were shackled by him, and. It, it was it was impressive for him to watch, and I'm sure he's going to be on a big team next year. I I don't think that Palace are going to be able to hold him, so I, I agree with you. But shout out to Matt Doherty because he's been fucking awesome this year, and you know he he's he's surprised me at how much like energy this guy has, and how much how much he pops up like offensively in the box and and with big goals for his team, and he's he's a rock defensively too, so. Yeah, I, I really impressed with Doherty as well, and but yeah, I, I'm going to go with Juan Bissaka. Good shout well. on Doherty. I totally agree with that, a- Alex. I, I, I would I would vote for Alexander Arnold. I mean, this is one of those that in the previous format where you can only take three players from one team. Trent would miss out because there's such a good uh, player in Aaron Juan Bissaka that's also had a great season. Another good player in that position, but just the fact that he broke the record for assist from a defender this season and something we've hinted at or Andrew you specifically hinted at uh, in a previous episode the fact that the creativity from Liverpool's teams if it's not if it's not coming from the front three it's coming from those those wide areas in uh, in Alexander Arnold and, and Robertson on the left the crazy output of assists specifically that those players had 12 was it for uh, or 11 assists in the league for Andy Robertson and 14 for Alexander Arnold like I challenge anyone to go back and find a set of fullbacks, maybe not wingbacks, but fullbacks playing in a back four who are capable of defending, if not at an elite level, solidly at least, and then getting forward and adding so much creativity and so much so much technique on crosses and, and, and balls into the box. 
for, let's face it, a group of, or a front three that's not exactly tall and physically imposing. And just the intelligence of those three players' runs put together with the technique and crossing ability of those two wingbacks was just, it was a lethal combination this season for Liverpool. So I, I'm, I'll say Trent Alexander-Arnold, but you know, I'm not going to put up a fight about Wan-Bissaka getting in there 2-1. So um, what's Wan-Bissaka it is? Let's jump to uh, center back. We've got three guys on the list, and I think it's going to be pretty easy, but we've we need two. Yeah, we only need two. Uh, but we've got Shane Duffy with five goals, seven clean sheets, 243 clearances, which is the most. You've got Americ Laporte. Big Shane. From Ma- a lot of yes. Irish. A lot of Irish in this uh, list. Gotta uh, love it. Americ Laporte from Manchester City with three goals, three assists, 200 two, – no – 2,998 passes, which was third. Virgil van Dyke from Liverpool with four goals, two assists, 199 clearances, which was seventh. 3,037 passes completed, which was second. Um, I'm going to go van Dyke and Laporte right here. The two of them were colossus at times. uh, And honestly, shout out to both of them for not – the goals don't necessarily impress me. Like, Anybody can any center back worth his salt should be able to score a couple goals off a corner. Uh, well, Laporte did score the goal that basically won City. I'm not, the I'm not done, but yes, I agree with you. But uh, what I want the point I want to make is the assists: two assists for Vir- for Van Dyke, three assists for Laporte, uh, and I don't. This is probably Premier League stats, Alex. I'm not like criticizing. I'm just saying what it is. Yeah, it's uh, not. It's not all competitions. It's don't just Premier don't League. forget the assist that Van Dyke had in the in the Champions League game against Bayern for Sadio Mane before he like put Manuel Neuer on the ground. That was in a that was like a, that was like a sixty yard bomb pass. Mane catches it right, totally destroys uh, destroys Neuer and puts it in the goal. Both of those guys, you take them out of their respective teams, and both teams have problems in the back line. Like extended absences for both of those guys. It, is so important. Shane Duffy, good season. Brighton survived, but the way they played down the stretch, and especially the way Liverpool and Manchester City played down the stretch, it's Laporte and Van Dyke without even a conversation. But let's have it anyways. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm in total agreement. Uh Shane Duffy's a good shout out as a as a as a third candidate in there for Honorable Mention. Honorable mention. Um but yeah, Van Dyke and Laporte far and away the best center backs in the league. And it, it was hard to find anyone who was as consistent as those two. They pretty much played every single game this year and they were both. I, I can't remember think like thinking, Oh, this is a really a bad game from either player. They may have had like bad, like 10 minute stints or 15 minute stints. Tottenham I think Laporte might've had like one bad game, but the There's, Champions League Tottenham game, where he gave the ball away that led to two goals in the first like twenty minutes. That's the only time this year that Laporte stood out, and it obviously wasn't Premier League, and we're doing Premier League team of the season. So, yeah, I mean, that, and Van Dyke, I can't think of a single time he put a foot wrong all Barcelona season. Barcelona That's what you have to do to be player of the Barcelona year. Barcelona away. Yeah, I guess didn't matter though. You know, two crazy messy <laughs> goals. <laughs> um. But uh, one thing I did want to mention is just like how strange it feels. Like you'd think there'd be more center backs to kind of include in the list. You know, some of the other positions here, we do have some more players. It, it, like you said, Javier, there just wasn't much consistency from center backs in the league. Uh, even the ones who played consistently, they had up and down spurts throughout the season. Tottenham went through I would, two terrible turns if, of If form. we're putting Shane Duffy in there, I think maybe an honorable mention to, to Ben Mee, who 
I think he got player of the season for Burnley and was... Okay, was, fair. But they had a was, terrible start to the season. I, yeah, they had a terrible start to the season, but a lot of the reason why they were able to, you know, n- not really be in any relegation trouble was their, was their, you know, defensive coming coming back. And that was a big, big, big part to Ben Mee, so... Uh, I think he's he's had a, a a good season, and you know people were talking about Tarkovsky last year after like his England claps, and I think Ben Mee now is is turned out to, I mean he looks that he's he, he's just as good or might even be a better defender. So you know it, it's yeah I don't know where Sean Dyche gets these guys, but the preference to Tarkovsky I feel like comes from the fact that he's like bigger. Yeah, stronger. offensively, he's he gets goals and stuff, so he looks. I think he's and a also bit he's, he's younger. He's younger and newer on the scene. Whereas Ben Mee was on that team that came up in like 2014 and immediately went back down, and he was terrible. So there's like previous history there. Whereas Tarkowski was kind of like this mysterious unknown prospect, so people were interested to see him in an England shirt. But yeah, Ben Mee's been good. For All right, sure. let's jump to left back. There's only two options. You've got Lucas Dinier from Everton with four goals, four assists, who had a really nice season this year in the Premier League and probably would have been considered for team of the season if it wasn't for Andy Robertson just having a monster year. 11 assists. Uh, in my opinion, Liverpool's second best defender. And the fact that uh, he has 11 assists and I consider him Liverpool's best uh, uh, best defenders it says a lot um, for me. It's, really, you consider him better than Van Dyke? No, no, second best. It's oh, it's sorry. Van Dyke. You said best. Yeah, no, for se- no, no, no for second best. Yes, second best. Second best. It's Van Dyke, and then it's and then it's Robertson, and then it's Matip, and then whoever's playing right back. Um, but Andy no Rob- love for Joe Gomez. I love Joe Gomez. Don't you the disrespect don't for Joe you, Gomez? Gomez. Joe Gomez got hurt. If Joe Gomez doesn't get hurt, I think it was Burnley away where he like broke his leg. We're having a conversation where Joe Gomez is in, is is talked about as a center back candidate. You can't prove me wrong on that, uh, but that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, I agree with that. It's it's Andy Robertson, the 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 Scottish hero, the hero of the working class. Yeah, it's got to be Andy, Andy Robertson. Robertson. Like, I mean. I, there was times where he just carried Liverpool by himself this season. It, there were times where, like, everyone else, it looked like maybe just didn't have much energy left in the tank. And this guy, I, even in, like, the 93rd minute, was still sprinting up and down the field. And, yeah, I mean, he was monstrous. His mentality, too, just, like, and whenever Klopp would try, like, try and get him to rest for, like, 10 minutes at the end of the games, he would just throw a fit and be like, don't take me off. Like, I'm going to queue up the clip. Uh, and, and gonna... He'll never, get, never gets hurt, which, again, like, the consistency for defenders to, number one, not get sent off, not, like, get under yellow card pressure all the time, and to be able to – Liverpool were the cleanest, I think, the cleanest team this season. What do you mean? I'm pretty sure. Hold on. I don't have those stats in front of me. I don't uh, – we didn't get a ton of cards, but I don't care if we were. I, I, it doesn't mean anything to me if it if it really was, um, but yeah, it's Andy Robertson. Um, I, not that I don't want to wait for Javier to look up. If we had the fewest amount of cards, I do just kind of want to move things along. Along here, let's go to uh, defensive midfield where we've got a few candidates. There's one candidate I want to contest. You don't. You- 
you don't even want to list all of them. I just threw out I'm, like as many names as I'm I, going I to could. because of a name that wasn't included, and I want to debate a name that was included. So let's we'll just get through this. We've got Jorginho from Chelsea with 3,118 passes completed, which is the most in the Premier League. Declan Rice, who I thought had a very nice year for West Ham. Adrisa Gay from Everton, 142 tackles, which was second. Jorginho Wijnaldum, who I would not consider a defensive midfielder, and Fernandinho from Manchester City. I would like to propose that we move Jorginho Wijnaldum into box-to-box because he really was a jack-of-all-trades for Liverpool this year. Yes, he played some defensive midfielder, but he wasn't like a natural one. And I know he didn't have this, the biggest start to the Premier League, which is why I would not nominate him over Fernandinho. But I would say Fabinho is coming for that best defensive midfielder crown. And also, where's Torreira on this list? I know he had a drop-off in form, but there were periods where he was very good. Also, a couple of bad card situations, but uh, it's Fernandinho for me, guys. He's so influential for that Manchester City team. Um, and just so freaking good. Alex, I'm going to let you, you you handle this response here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't even, it's funny you said, I didn't even consider Lucas Torreira. Like it wasn't even like I thought of his name and then said, no, he's not good enough to be in. I literally, he he did not cross my mind when it came to this list. He deserves to be on that list. Just as much as Jorginho does. No, no, I don't think he should. um, I don't think he should. I mean, over like Declan Rice and Jorginho, he definitely should. like Like I said, the majority of this list for a lot of these positions isn't even like serious nominations. It's just players that I wanted to mention. And, you know, the ones at the top are more so the ones that I think should be talked about uh, for the for us voting for them into the team. But, you know, Declan Rice was like someone who's like very legitimately, very commit, like committed to playing that defensive midfield position. Um, and so was Idrissa Gay, but neither of them I would expect to be in the team of the season. Uh, and, and yeah, I agree with you, Andrew. Wijnaldum, until Fabinho came into the team, Wijnaldum was up there with Fernandinho as like one of the two best uh, defensive midfielders in the league, playing in that position specifically. But I agree with you. He's uh, as the season went on, he took a more uh, Swiss Army knife approach, and yeah, I, I would be fine moving him to the box to box conversation. I'll do that now. Uh, but uh, I'll vote for I'll vote for Fernandinho. Yeah, I got Fernandino too. Here. I, I that this I feel bad sometimes because like we go into like longer spouts about other players and we don't always do that about City. And yes, like Manchester City fans have been pissing me off on the internet for months now. But like I'm not like it's the other than when like the team itself is great to watch and it's not like I'm it's not like we're disrespecting Fernandinho by not having a longer conversation it's that everyone knows we don't even need to have a conversation that's how much respect we're giving this guy so let's move over to box to box where we've got we've got I think this is a re- probably the toughest one maybe it, this is the toughest one until we probably get to winger um you've got Musa Sissoko from Tottenham who really turned things around this year Etienne Capu who had a great year for Watford Paul Pogba who had an up and down season in form but to get 13 goals, seven penalties, and nine assists from that midfield for a team that for this really struggled to score goals at times is still a very good statistical year. Uh, Decore from Watford, I'm a big fan of his. I think he still needs a little bit of polish, but five goals, six assists. Uh, and then we get to N'Golo Conte, who's playing in a new role for Chelsea. Four goals, four assists, and again, Georgino Wijnaldum for Liverpool. Don't have the stats in front of me on that one. Um I don't want to go first here. Somebody else go first because I I want to. I feel like I'm going to need a counterpoint here. 
either one of well, you? Well, I mean, you're not going to have much to counter because, I mean, now that one Eldon's been moved into the conversation, he's pretty much the only answer here. I mean, the FIFA slash football manager stat whores would go, probably go for Pogba, like a lot, a lot of the players did in the official team of the season. But, I mean, anyone whose opinion I remotely respect on the matter looked at that list and the first player they picked out was Paul Pogba and they were like what what is he doing in this team the majority of these admittedly nice looking stats 13 goals nine assists leading the team in uh, both categories the majority of those goals came during a 10 game 10 to 12 game run in the middle of the season when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over it's well documented everyone was talking about him being Pog back once again and then he fell off a cliff once Ole became uh, became the permanent manager and the game started to intensify and matter more and come up against tougher opposition. So uh, I, I put Paul Pogba on the list because he's in the official team of the season. I just wanted to talk about how he didn't deserve in the, be in the official team. But uh, otherwise, I'll go for Wijnaldum uh, and N'Golo Kante, maybe a smidge behind him. Uh, I guess I'm going to go for Musa Sissoko, mm. uh, which, is, which is crazy. But um, well, we know what the tiebreaker is going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I understand. I understand. I have That's no fine. chance with no. this, and, and this isn't. This isn't. This is just a for Musa Sissoko, who sure I've criticized a million times on this pod, and I thought he was a terrible player. But damn, I should have put Lucas year, he's Moore just in. Been, he's been incredibly consistent. Um, he's been Tottenham's best player, which is. At times, you know, him and Son have traded off or Harry Kane, um, but are different points in the season. But he's Sissoko has been the most consistent and they've missed him so much when he hasn't played in the team. And you could really tell, especially um, in the Ajax matchup in the Champions League, that when he came off the bench, the, the game completely changed and Ajax, you know, they couldn't handle him and Tottenham used that to great effect in the second leg and... I think a lot of the big results Tottenham have gotten this year has been off of the back of his work in the midfield. And, you know, the guy's just uh, a truck. He's basically, you know, what Dembele was for them for, uh, you know, two or three years. And, he, you know, he's higher energy. I think, you know, just as skilled. He, he doesn't have the goal-scoring pedigree, obviously. And, you know, he still has to work on that side of his game. But if he ever figures that out, he'll be a terrifying player. I, I will, like so. I said, Musa Sissoko, I agree, also impressed me, but uh, Wijnaldum, without a doubt, uh, just his, he, he didn't always contribute on the score sheet, didn't always get the assist, didn't always get the goal, only finished with three goals in the Premier League, but just his ability to help move the ball around for Liverpool, his tackles were fantastic, his ball movement was fantastic, um, and I know, again, not the Premier League appearance, but his uh, his second half performance in, against Barcelona was Probably one of the performances of the season for Liverpool, which of a of a great season. So uh, we're gonna go Wijnaldum there, and that brings us to attacking midfielder. You got Christian Eriksen from Tottenham, eight goals, twelve assists. Gilfie Sigurdsson for Everton with thirteen goals and six assists, and Bernardo Silva from Manchester City with seven goals and seven assists. Um, I gotta go, Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva might be my favorite player to watch from Manchester City. The kid's a freaking wizard. Like he's no he's, objections to the fact that I put him at the attacking midfield role. I mean, he's just played there enough this season even though think- he is listed as a winger i figured the winger conversation was chock full of enough of players that were actually committed to playing out wide or like basically up front this season that bernardo silva is probably like the best bet of one of them to be 
uh, or to have played in midfield for like a significant amount of time this season. I would agree. I would agree. Um, I, I think Bernardo Silva isn't, he isn't wing. He wasn't what I would classify winger in the way that we're going to classify the other guys as winger. Um, but he was so good all year. Uh, I hate the fact that he's on Manchester city because it's like, I enjoy watching the guy play football, but I have I can't like it. So it's it's the worst part, guy. Like I really like him, but he's on a team I have to hate. It sucks. I think if he gets to double figures in goals and assists, I think they actually get, give him their player of the season. Raheem Sterling, I think, ended up winning it. Maybe I can't remember who won their player of the season. I figured it was Sterling, but I, I think there's just as much of a. Uh, you could tell me that Bernardo Silva was deserving of it, and I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn you down. He's just off the ball. He's by far their best pressing player. Aguero, like as as good as he has fit into Pep's system, you see him walking around and not really being fully committed to what Pep's trying to do. A lot of times, Sterling is probably like up there in terms of his commitment to uh, executing like Pep's vision and everything like that, but. Bernardo Silva is just like he's he's like the captain on the field and he especially stepped up when De Bruyne went out uh, for big chunks of the season. They needed him in those moments. And so they didn't miss uh, Kevin De Bruyne at all. Like at all. I, I mean they probably missed aspects of what he brings to the team, but they had so much uh, different kinds of quality all over the field that yeah, you're right, they didn't really miss him. Evidently they won the treble. And and yeah, shout out to Gelfie Sigurdsson, who who was really, you know, Everton's push push and his, their his their talisman this season. Um, you know, whereas Richarlison wasn't consistent, Sigurdsson seems to, you know, every game he 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 was showing up and, yeah, he was definitely a close second for me. But I definitely give it to Bernardo Silva too. Um, he was awesome to watch this year, and, you know, I, I didn't realize that his his work rate off the ball. The, the movement, the stuff that he does uh, defensively and, and just like you said, Alex, just doing everything that Pep wants is, is yeah, it's amazing from him. So I've equated him I'm to sure Ngolo in the next Conte in the coming before. years, I'm just going to be really frustrated with him. I, I think as I said in this season, I've, I've equated him to like a attacking version of N'Golo Kante, just in terms of like the ground he covers. He's unreal. And I do just want to say uh, first on Sigurdsson, it was good to see him have a good season because he did come in the the previous year for a big price tag and didn't live up to didn't live up to it. So for him to kind of uh, at least reach those expectations that were placed on him, that's like nice to see. And then Christian Eriksen, like attacking wise, he's the only Tottenham player to not be absolutely like ravaged by injuries this year. Kane, Son, I he was, like, Ali, still kind of disappointing this year. He well, did. I mean, he didn't have as bad of injuries just as I wouldn't as, have put him on like he, the. He didn't have all, see but. for him. It wasn't one of his best seasons. But when you look around the league and about what players, I mean, in the all over the world, the attacking midfielder position is kind of dying out because they teams need players who are less concerned about like only creating for others and they need players that are able to create a bit, but more willing to work hard. And these three players we've listed, one of their great talents is the fact that they do work hard off the ball. They're not just Mesut Ozil types. I'm not trying to take a shot there, but that's like the player I'm thinking of that's kind of falling behind. Philippe Coutinho. Sure. Yeah, you could go there. Uh, James Rodriguez is another one. These kinds of players are finding it hard to get into top, top sides right now. So Christian Eriksen is one that 
just managed to stay on the field when it seemed like all of Tottenham's star players were falling for me because of injuries. Harry Kane, Son at some point, was out with injuries and went to an international tournament. Uh, uh, Deli Ali was out for a significant amount of time. Christian Eriksen was the rock in their midfield and, and going forward that like kept them in the top four, basically. All right, uh, we're going to do wingers here. Uh, before we like break it down, I'll, I'll read all the list, but let's uh, let's just go around. We'll all give our two, and then I'll, I'll like give my case, and we'll go from there. Uh, on the wingers list, we've got Ryan Fraser from Bournemouth, seven goals, 14 assists. Hyunming Son from Tottenham, 12 goals, six assists. Sadio Mane, 21 goals, one assist. Eden Hazard, 16 goals, four of them penalties, and 15 assists. Raheem Sterling from Manchester City, 17 goals, 10 assists. And Mohamed Salah, 21 goals, eight assists. I'm going to go with Sadio Mane, and I'm going to go with Raheem Sterling. Javier, who are you taking? The same one you ha- I'm pretty sure you had the same two midseason, Andrew. Nothing has happened after, like in the second half of the year, to change your mind on any of that. No. Uh, well, we'll, we're going to debate that, Alex. You got your two. Who you taking? I mean, it's Eden Hazard and Mohamed Salah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Javier, have you managed to make a decision? What were Andrews again? Mane and uh, Sterling. So just list yeah, I mean, it. I think it's Mane and Sterling too. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's Mane and Sterling. So you guys think Mane was more important to Liverpool than Salah was this year. And it's just because of that one run when Mane was scoring Absolutely. and Absolutely. Salah wasn't? I think, that, I think that there was just so many points in the season where Salah maybe just dried up a little bit. I don't I mean, disagree with that. Well, I don't, he wasn't getting the goals. Uh, there, were, there was a stretch where Salah – And Mane got you guys through those there spells, was a, especially there was a stretch. So was like, there was a stretch early in the season. a quarter of the season? There was a stretch early in the season where Liverpool won like a bunch of 1-0 games or 2-1 games and Salah scored all the deciding goals. And then things kind of shifted and in the second half of the season like so like Mane just kind of stepped up and it's it was honestly the same thing I saw in that Champions League final against Madrid last year where Salah goes off and the, the only person who's the real outlet for Liverpool was Mane. Like there was times where so like like Salah had that like eight game goal stretch and like was getting criticized for diving. We never once criticized Mane for that all season. He's so, I mean, but also at the same time, like Mane's position as winger isn't really winger. And it's the same sense that like Salah isn't as much of a winger. They're playing like an inverted yeah, guy. I consider Salah more like a striker. To be um, honest. But like I, Mane I, is pretty much playing like a striker now. I would say the same thing. That's why he comes in. But I, the reason I'm going to put Mane up there for Liverpool is to put up 21 goals, which is his highest ever career output, which was the same as Salah, who also had a couple penalties. Like I thought for the longer stretch of the season, Salah was more, or I, I thought for the longer stretch of the season, Mane was more important than Salah. I think Salah, though, is still going to, he's going to get the headlines after all of last season. I think there are games that if Salah doesn't exist on Liverpool, you're praising Sadio Mane as one of the best attacking players in the Premier League. That's why he's on my list. I think he just, I think he's a little bit underrated and a little bit in the shadow of Salah. He's still very, very good. And then close third for me was Son. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. If he didn't go on, I'd say, actually I'd have to say that, Hazard. Hazard uh, on like multiple breaks that he needed to go on. Um, he started the season late uh, because he had a really long summer with Korea, and then he had to go mid-season to the Cup of uh, African Cup or no, the Asian Cup. 
not the African Cup. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I still think that he was. Harry Kane got hurt, you know, again as usual, and he clawed Tottenham, you know, into top four, and was super instrumental in a lot of big games for, for Tottenham this season. So I thought he was awesome, and and of course, right behind that is Eden too, who I thought. Had a great season and played really well, but I thought that was also a product of Sorry's system. I'll um, counter. I can that, I counter that with with Hazard real quick? I think Hazard is e- easily in the conversation if he has one other like, you know, you know. Look at look at all the guys that we mentioned. Raheem Sterling has got not only does he have Bernardo Silva, but he also has Sergio Aguero. Liverpool, you got Firmino, and you've got Mane, and you've got Salah. Tottenham, you've got Hazard. Or, uh, Tottenham, you've got Kane, and you've got uh, Hinman Son, and you've got uh, Christian Eriksen. Who did who did that? Did Eden Hazard have Olivier Giroud, Alvaro Morata? Like I'm telling, like if, thirteen if, goals between three center forwards. Yeah, Giroud had one in the league. Uh, well, that's Higuain why five. that's why his stats are so, he has so many because no, that's why he said, doesn't have as many Alex assists off, as he off has. Air, like he would have more. The responsibility was all on him to to get the goals. So if he didn't score, no one was going to score. Uh, but at the same so, time, like so I, everything was flowing through him. Every time Chelsea had a problem or were behind or needed a goal this season, it was Eden Hazard they were looking for. They didn't look for anybody else. Jorginho would pick up his head and pick out Eden Hazard. Ten out of ten times, it was just like every single time. Well, we know that they, they needed true. the ball to go up the field. They would pick Hazard out. You also said that and in a room once... full of people who watch soccer, and every single one of us do- disagreed with you because Chelsea well, stopped playing Sorry's system like to its fullest probably just before midway through the season, and that's when we fell apart. And like Hazard doesn't play Sarismo anyway. He does what he wants. He walks around. He doesn't press. Like I'm, I'm not trying to put the guy down, but Saying that Hazard's like success is a product of uh, Maurizio Sarri's system, it's it's just patently false. It's just like he he wasn't playing the system. Yes, he's the best attacking player and best creative player in a team that has no great attacking or creative players. Uh, so yeah, I, I think to a degree he had to get those goals and assists, but he could have done so much more if he'd had even like even like Diego Costa like washed up as he may be, he probably would have been able to like piece together 10 goals by himself and take away some attention from Hazard this season. He probably would have done even better. He also so would have anything, finished some of those. Having that responsibility hampered him and held him back from really being able to play play to his best because it's a team I game. I don't think it held him back. I think he, he thrived in it and he proved that he's ready to leave Chelsea and go on to bigger things. I think he – all right, so I'm going to I'm gonna <laughs> like, kind I, of I don't think that that, like, that was the reason why – but I think that you know his stats were a little bit inflated because of that. I mean assist-wise though, I thought he was phenomenal. I thought that you know his production and what he created – like you said, that's probably – he could have had like 22 or 23. That was assists. my point exactly. I thought he could but have – But he had, probably would have had like nine goals. I don't I don't disagree. I don't maybe agree like 10 goals. I don't think he would have had like I 16 goals. Think, I think – So that's, that's just – I think you could have, could have retained the amount of goals he had and probably broke 20 assists if he had like a decent striker who could have finished off a lot of his chances. Like I would love to look at what Hazard's chances created were for the season – um, and that's why for me he's three, and then it's Son. Um, and I think the player that we should be looking first of all, Ryan Fraser, great season. Sorry that we didn't talk about him much here, but honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. he was second um, in assists behind I, Hazard. Let's see how things go, but 
Um, a player who's not on this list because he was too inconsistent this past year, but really had a breakout. Let's look out for Lucas Moore next year. That's a guy who, like, especially Riyad Mahrez had a great end of the season. I uh, see. I second still... season syndrome at help Bernardo Silva. You know, it's it's probably going to happen I, well, for yeah. Fabinho. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a year at a new team to really get settled down. Riyad right, Mahrez is a former Alex. player of the season winner. He won it the year that Leicester won the league. Just. Just I, saying. I know. I know. I just still think that he's going to be stuck behind whoever's at Manchester City. Like, I still think he's even as good as he is. I still see him as a bench option at Manchester City. Uh, let's move over to striker. Where we've got Raul. Well, Jimenez hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Okay. So we're just settling on Mane and Sterling. You know, I'm not going to fight it because if the votes are against me, I can't. But I mean, I'm sticking with my Salah and Hazard picks. We we'll put it on the, Twitter. We can put it on Twitter I, and settle. Will, yeah, I mean. I oh, yeah, I'm really okay with that. Let's do that because I feel uh, like I'm going to win that one. Uh, let's move to striker Raul Jimenez for Wolves. Thirteen goals, two penalties, seven assists. Great, great first season of the Premier League for Raul Jimenez. Alexander Lacazette for Arsenal. Thirteen goals, eight assists. Jamie Vardy for Leicester. Eighteen goals, four penalties, four assists. Harry Kane for Tottenham, 17 goals, even with the amount of time he missed this season. I did not realize he had 17 goals, plus all that time out. Four penalties, four assists. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for Arsenal, 21 goals, four penalties, five assists. And Sergio Aguero, Manchester City, 20 goals, two penalties, eight assists. Alex, I have a feeling you and I are going to say the same player, which is why I want Javier to give his case first. Well, obviously you're both going to say Aguero, and... um... If I were to say, like, right now, obviously outside of Harry Kane, which is not realistic, uh, I mean, if Harry Kane hadn't gotten hurt, then he would definitely be the striker on this list. Um, he's definitely still, I think, the best striker in the league. Oh, wait, um, okay. But shout really? out to Lacazette. Really? Uh, who, is it that open and shut? That he's healthy, well, he's better than Aguero? Because I don't think it is. I think it's a conversation. He, you know, he's been winning the Golden Boot. That doesn't mean he's the best striker. Been, it just means he's the best goal scorer. Yeah, the yeah, best goal scorer versus best striker is two different conversations. And also, like, like Spurs, also he was healthy most of last season, and Salah won Golden Boot. Yeah. So that's, I mean, and I mean, he pushed Salah to the end. Yeah, because he's a Tottenham like, player. That's all they do is put on pressure. Yeah, you know, that the, uh, but him well losing Golden Boot last year to Salah doesn't diminish him as a center forward. I, I think Aguero doesn't win Golden Boot that often, or I don't think he never. ever has. He never has. Never has won it. But to me, he's the best. He's been the best striker in the league for the past six years. For this decade, he's been the best striker in the Premier League. Would agree with that. Would agree with that. So, but, I mean, so you're saying if Kane's uh, sorry, I just kind of disagreed with the idea that if Kane hadn't gotten injured, he would have been head and shoulders like the pick for this because I think Aguero being the best striker. On the best team in the league, the, the first team to win the domestic treble, with only two penalties plus those eight assists, like it's not like he's being overly selfish here. And let's also yeah, talk I, I about let's talk about Raheem got a Sterling. Good shout for it. Let's talk about Raheem Sterling scoring seventeen goals. Like, uh, fine, Hinman Song scored twelve, but let's not talk about how Tottenham generally funnel their goals through Harry Kane when he's healthy. Like, you have to think that Hinman Song doesn't score that many goals if Harry Kane isn't as you know, hurt as he is. And Lucas Mora scoring as many goals as he did if Harry Kane is healthy the whole season. Like, I, I just, that's why Kane has won Golden Boots, is that they generally funnel their goals through Kane. Like, he's their main goal-scoring option. Where at Manchester City, it's much more diverse. It's just the same thing at Liverpool this year. Um, but yeah, I'm going Aguero. 
I thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm going. I'm going with the. Goro I thought you were going to make but, the case um, for for Aubameyang. That's what I was ready for. No, no, not Aubameyang. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I think it's pretty well documented that I don't think Aubameyang is even Arsenal's best player. I, I think it's Lacazette. Um, I, I, to me, if there was, I was like, what I was going to say is because Aguero is at the age that he's at, and um, if you were to give me any striker on this list other than, like I said, Harry Kane wouldn't be realistic. I would take Lacazette, like, and want to keep him at Arsenal. Um, because I think this season he was, you know, by far our best player, and I thought that he was the most consistent player, and in big games he was the only player that would, you know, show up and, and want to drag us through tough times. And, yeah, he just always wears his heart in the sleeve, always works really hard, and, you know, kind of reminds you of Firmino in that. Um, but I think he's a little bit of a better finisher and, um, you know, creatively similar similar capabilities, like he has really good dribbling and, and passing ability. So I think a lot more to come from him. And if you if he gets capable wingers that, you know, can create some more space and feed him uh, crosses in the box, which uh, Hector Bellerin was doing uh, earlier in the season, he had, uh, I think, six assists uh, by November, but then he got hurt ruptures Achilles. So I don't know how many assists he would have ended up with if he had stayed healthy, but he did his ACL, those two were he? a lethal combination earlier in the season. And, you know, if once we have fullbacks and wingers next year, you know, pace back on the wings and it's not just every, you know, only Obama Yang is the only pace in the team, then I think you'll see more and more output from, from both of our strikers. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the argument of, that we just mentioned about just because someone has more goals statistically than another player doesn't mean he had a better season. Uh, Aubameyang missed perhaps the biggest penalty of the season for Arsenal that arguably if he scores that in that final minute against Tottenham, maybe that's enough to actually get them top four and can sort of continue no, that's that enough momentum. To get us top four. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, but that would have been a huge swing. So, I mean, uh, just, but he missed yeah. it. And I said to you before That's he took it, he's as, going as, to miss yeah. it. I said it in preseason. <laughs> I'm picking Aubameyang to win Golden Boot because I know he's going to score hat tricks and, and braces against all the trash teams in the league and then screw up every meaningful chance in the big games. And he did it against Chelsea and he did it against Tottenham. And I feel vindicated. And I'm happy that he still had a good season, a decent season for him because he pretty much is just the same player he was at Dortmund. Like scores bags of goals, but in the end, he's not going to score when you need him most. So, I mean, you you can't make an argument for him despite him being uh, having a share of the golden boot this year. All right, let's get to manager of the year. We've got three nominations Nuno Espirito Santo from Wolves, Jurgen Klopp from Liverpool, and Pep Guardiola from Manchester City. I'm not going to abstain here. I have a vote, um, but I would like you two to kind of. Because I want to argue for Klopp, but I could easily argue against him and say that in moments this season, in games that we drew, he wasn't proactive enough to make changes. And it's tough when you know Manchester City whip off, rip off 14 straight wins to win the title to really criticize him for a game in like January that we drew. Um, it's and Pep Guardiola m- managed his side fantastically again a domestic treble should be lock for manager of the year but i don't hate the nuno espirito santo won the award i don't hate that that no, selection. I think Pep won it oh he Pep did won it but, yeah. but it was these three that were nominated for it 
I would be more keen to give it to Nuno Espiritu Santo than than Klopp because of what he did with the team that he had. Um, and being it's their first year. Got Europa League. Yeah, it got to the Europa League. Many of those players, their first ever tenure in the Premier League. You're running a back three. You're running a different formation. I mean, look at let's look through that roster. How many of them, this is their first year playing in the top level in England? Connor Cody maybe gets two appearances for Liverpool, probably in like an FA or League Cup, so that certainly doesn't count. Not coming at goalkeeper. It's not coming at fullback. Uh, Ruben Neves, nope. Uh, John Moutinho, nope. Uh, Raul Jimenez, nope. Diego Jota, nope. Like to to get this kind of result in a season with the guys who are unfamiliar with the leagues, unfamiliar with the grounds, unfamiliar with the fan culture, I think speaks a lot of the guy. I I would, I, again, I think it's Pep, ninety eight points, three trophies. It's hard to say no to that, but the argument can be made for a man who did a lot with very with. I'm not going to say very little because they had a very talented team, but a team that we talk about all the time, can they handle, you know, Stoke on a cold, rainy Tuesday? Wolves did okay with that this year. And they did well against the top teams too. It was really impressive how well they did against the top teams. And I, 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 I would give it to Guardiola purely because City had a bunch of injury problems this year. And you thought to yourself like, Ooh, like Mendy, you know, being out all year, and De Bruyne being out most of the year, Fernandinho being out in patches, you know, uh, Jesus picking up injuries, Sane being like just there was a lot of problems that he had to deal with, and like you said, they 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 got to multiple finals, they were in every competition till you know at least the semifinal or the quarterfinals, and yeah, I just it, 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 he managed them absolutely perfectly, and they didn't miss a beat at all, so. It's you know still a little blemish that he he still can't get to a, a Champions League semifinal and keeps getting knocked out early. But hate to see it. Yeah, you got to think that if he stays, it. he'll do it again. He'll do it again. Here's the uh, two sentence pitch. Uh, if someone asked me who, who your manager this season is, it's Pep. Because last season City got 100 points. This season they got 98 points, two less or two fewer, without having their best player for two thirds of the season. That's fair. Like, that's that's insane. Like obviously we talk about the depth with them, but Gavin De Bruyne was far and away their best player. Like it was an actual discussion him versus Salah last year for player of the season. And he's just not in he's not in the match day squad for two thirds of the season. That's huge in a thirty eight game Premier League season. So I mean, that's all I would say for my my uh my pitch for Pep. All right, so it is Pep Guardiola then. So our the Ghost Goal Podcast, team of the 2018-2019 season, as is Allison from Liverpool in net. At right back, Aaron Juan Bissaka from Crystal Palace, Virgil van Dijk from Liverpool, and Americ Laporte from Manchester City. Andy Robertson from Liverpool at left back. Fernandinho at defensive midfield. Georgina Wijnaldum at box-to-box. Bernard from Liverpool. Georgina Wijnaldum from Liverpool at box-to-box midfielder. Bernardo Silva from Manchester City at a central attacking midfielder. Uh... We've got two candidates here at winger. We're going to let Twitter decide that. You've either got Mohamed Salah and Eden Hazard, or you've got Raheem Sterling and Sadio Mane at winger. And at striker, you've got Sergio I think Aguero. We just put, I think we just put all four of them up there and see who gets uh, the most votes, yeah, rather I, than having to make them pick, because some of them might might like oh, Sané, so you want to do, you want to or, do, sorry, Mane and... Yeah. Well, think, we'll talk about it afterwards. I but think, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out on Twitter. And then at 
striker, you've got Sergio Aguero from Manchester City, and at Manager of the Year, we have Pep Guardiola. Uh, guys, uh, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you two guys making time tonight. Follow us on Twitter no at, at Andrew Passaro, at ASMoss92, at Ghost Gold Pod, at Rev 9 and look out for more content soon. We've got Europa League just coming up next week. We've got the Champions League in uh, two Saturdays. Um, so we're, we've got content coming, and then after Championship that, playoff. Yeah, oh, championship. Aston Villa versus Derby. Yeah, a lot of Chelsea. Monday, Memorial of, Day. Middle, of, I think early morning, actually, Memorial Day. 7 or 8 of, o'clock in the morning. A lot of Chelsea boys in that one. you got Derby County, Frankie Lampard, and uh, Mason Mountain. The other side of the pitch, you've got uh, Tammy Abraham. I've got – JT. Yeah, and JT, and you've got Harry Wilson, a winger from Liverpool on Derby County. Um, so, yeah, we got content coming. Be on the lookout. We're going to do a uh, big – Big picture on a lot of the top six teams. If you want to be included in that, we do have a hotline. I will put the link up to that. You can call in. You can leave like a two- to three-minute voicemail. So if you want that included on your perspective team for the top six, let us know. If you um, are like someone whose opinion we respect long enough to hop on one of those pods, let us know that you'd be interested. At Ghost Gold Pod on Twitter. Hit us up. Um, I'm Andrew Passaro. We got Alex Moss, we got Javier Revelo. Until next time. Fire.